Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. To those guests who've just joined us, welcome. Our next stop is the Magic Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching our station at the entrance to Main Street, USA, gateway to the seven theme lands of the Magic Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. This is episode number five. And we are your monorail co-pilots. Sitting at the table with me today are two of my favorite people. We're missing one. Let's go around and introduce ourselves. Which one are you? Um, McKenna. Nope. <laughs> Incorrect. I'm Garrett. That's Garrett. And I am Samantha. Samantha, and I'm Justin. Welcome back to another episode, my friends. Thank you for joining us once again. I hope that you noticed we cleaned up the intro music a little bit. I was taking a listen to some of our... Uh, neighbor podcasts, and I noticed that our intro was very similar to our friends over at Resort Loop. <laughs> Pretty much the same beginning, well, but the music was different. Yeah, it's different music. It's different music. They use music from Carousel of Progress, but ours, believe it or not, I actually created that. That's an original song. Because he's fancy that like probably that. Except the, uh, do you, if you wish upon a star thing. Well, yeah, I'm... I'm you know, it's it's somewhat derivative. It's inspired by when you wish upon a star, and then of course I'm not doing those voiceovers. Yeah, I leave it to the kids to point out stuff like that. <laughs> I'm not as great as I think I am. That's that's. Let me just tell you guys, if you're considering having kids out there, one of the great benefits is that they will constantly bring you down to earth. Yes, it's a it's a humbling experience. You learn that you're not nearly as cool as you used to be. Nope. And, uh, and you, you and don't know fashion. You don't, you don't know fashion. You don't really know anything. No. So it's a good thing that we have them uh, to bring us into these kinds of uh, realms of knowledge, I guess. Yeah. You don't understand us. We don't get it. We really don't. <laughs> Something happened just recently that was kind of a, I guess, a reminder of how old I'm becoming. And it's that this little boy right here, Garrett, my 12-year-old son sitting across the table from me, actually had to explain something technologically to me the other day. <laughs> what was it? Well, I'm talking about when you were teaching me how to work OBS. Oh, yeah. The software. I couldn't make it work. And I'm like, I guess I need to call tech support. And it happened to be my, my tween son upstairs. <laughs> He's pretty good at tech, though. He is. That's one thing. He's He is a master of technology. Because mm -hmm. I'm always using it. Yeah. You should tell people you have a channel on YouTube. Yeah, it's called Gummy Bear King. And what do you I, put on there? I do animations recently, and I do gaming videos. That's right. So go check him out. Subscribe. He's almost to 100 subscribers. Pretty pretty fancy. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe no. you'll get uh, advertising money one day. <laughs> yeah, that will be a while. Because I think you need like 10,000 more and more subscribers. That's mm. okay. Well, baby steps. You'll yeah. get there. I have faith in you. Yeah. Go check out those animations, though. He, we got him this art tablet for Christmas, and he's learning how to really start doing some cool things with it. And um, he, he's got some pretty cool stuff and some silly stuff. Mm -hmm. So Sometimes it's unfortunate because he makes videos and shows our dirty house occasionally. I'm not a fan of that. Um, but anyway, I don't think I said, today is Monday, May 21st. Can you believe we're already three weeks into May? That's kind of ridiculous. I know. This time is flying. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And Crazy. it's already it's already 90 degrees outside. Yeah. We didn't even get a spring. We hopped right over It, it warmed spring. up really quickly. Yeah. yeah. There was no spring. There, there, like, is no, there is no transition phase. It's either colder than I'll get out or hotter than you can believe. Yeah. Those are the two I options. Like, it's never going to be summer. It's so cold. Still, and then it got so hot that I can't stand to be outside. Yeah, so all of our dogwood trees and things that are common to the area that we live in started blooming, and as soon as that happened, we had a couple weekends where it was like 30 and 40 degrees again, and then the weather was like, oh yeah, I forgot, I was supposed to be warming up. Here, have 90 degrees. Yep, kill <laughs> all of our pretty flowers. <laughs> so... So yeah, so we're even though it's not officially summer, we are smack dab in the dog days. I think already school's getting ready to wrap up. Mm -hmm. It's time for those summer vacations. 
So it's really, we only have this week, and we only have Thursday. Yeah, that's right. And Thursday's a half day. And then what are you going to do all summer? Um, nothing. You're going to do Videos, nothing. actually. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, see, there you go. There's a reason to go subscribe to the channel. It's productive stuff. Video summer, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we got a lot of articles and news items that we want to get to from the Walt Disney World Newswire today, so I say we hop into that. I want to kick off with some news that came out this week, and it was related to um, annual theme park attendance, and this is for the year 2017. The Themed Entertainment Association released its theme index, and what this does is it, it publishes uh, worldwide theme park attendance and ranks the theme parks on the list from highest to lowest. It's probably, it's probably a lot of attendance. There are a lot of people who go to Disney. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So apparently this year... Walt Disney World itself, globally, saw 150 million visitors. Jeez. Yeah, which was an increase of 6.8%, actually. So that's good, because that means people are making money and can go on vacation now. That's true. People are traveling. Good for the economy for people to go and travel. That's right. Actually, the Walt Disney Company occupied eight of the top nine spots for park attendance in 2017, and the only one that wasn't uh, Walt Disney World Park was Universal Studios in Japan, which which came in fourth with 15 million visitors. Hmm. So that's that's interesting because that also kind of indicates that while Universal Orlando is trying their hardest to kind of catch up yeah. and not be the little brother to the Walt Disney World Resort, they've obviously got a ways to go. I mean, they've got a lot going for them, but how can you beat Disney? It's just like this. It's like the mega center of happiness. <laughs> I don't think you can top. Disney, because it's not just how great Disney is, it's how much feeling there is in Disney, too. That's the difference. That's the Disney difference right there. Mm-hmm. That's what we talk about. Yeah. It feels like magic's going on when you're there. Yeah. Yep. You feel like, I mean, the people there treat you like royalty, too. They're that's really right. nice. Yeah. That's their job. It's and like that's family. why they, people want to go back there. So That's what gets the heads through the gate, I guess. Uh-huh. One of the really interesting pieces on this ranking, when you look at it, was that for the first time ever, the Animal Kingdom, which saw a 15.3% increase in attendance from 2016, actually beat Epcot in the rankings. What? For the first time ever. Yeah. That's cool. And of course, you know, they got a bump because of Pandora, the land of Avatar, opening up. So it's just kind of interesting because if you kind of look at that, do you think, you know, one of the things people talk about with Disney is they, some people complain that they feel like any new attraction or ride, it, it's almost like Disney thinks it has to be tied to some kind of a IP, some intellectual property, some, some mega franchise or something. Like, for example, the new roller coaster that's coming to um, Tomorrowland in the Magic Kingdom is Tron, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, so that's my example. So do you think that this is going to tell Disney, oh, well, we need to keep doing this? When they've had success in the past, and some of the hardcore Disney fans, like yours truly and the people at this table, I'm a big fan of Figment. Figment's not tied to any movie or TV. Now, he's in comics now. Yeah. Um, He's got his own comic. But Figment was created as a story they created for the Journey into Imagination attraction. And I guess now you could call it an IP, but it wasn't tied to anything back then. So is it almost lazy Imagineering? to create all of their new rides and attractions and lands based on, you know, the success of a movie franchise or or something like that. What do you think? Maybe. I mean, I wasn't really a fan, sorry people, of Avatar. Um, it, It was fine. It was a pretty looking movie, but... For me, I, I didn't like the story as much. I just liked the visual effects and the creativity that they had. Um, but I didn't, I didn't want my family to go out of their way to go to Avatar Land. I hear it's really pretty, and eventually I will go, but I'd rather go when it's not so popular. Now, Star Wars Land is totally different. Maybe it's a little lazy, but um, it depends. Like, the fact that... Disney just acquired Star Wars not that long ago, and they're, like, doing it right. Like, they're taking care of it the right way. I think that that one made sense. Um, I don't know. I 
I didn't care for Avatar. Well, so. I think what you're talking about is you can kind of tie it into one of the things we always talk about. One of the things that Disney does really well is tell stories. Yeah. And it's all about the characters and the stories that those characters have to tell you. Avatar is not about stories. Mm-mm. The first movie, it's the story's fine, but it's not necessarily anything unique or groundbreaking. It was it was a story we've heard before, right? And and so the idea was that they're going to bring you into this lush, visually stunning world that we saw in the movie, which can be effective. But it also doesn't really maybe interest some people who saw it and was like, okay, I don't really care about the Navi. And can you name any of the characters in that movie? No. 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 Of course not. But Star Wars is a different story because it's very character driven. Well, we all dress up like those characters. It is about the story. So, but even so, like you said, it is using an IP to build new attractions and bring people into the parks. Um, This one we forgive because Star Wars... Everybody wanted this. This is something that people have been dying for. Star Wars definitely needed a land. Yeah. Because it's a land in its own. When you watch the movies, you're you're there, like, watching, like, you feel, like, the interactions that people have. You hear the music. You see the food they eat. Mm-hmm. The characters that they meet. The different aliens. I don't know. It, it needed a land. Like, yeah. everyone, I want to experience that and not just watch it. Yeah. I think they just want to please everyone. Some people like Avatar, and some people don't like Star Wars. Mm-hmm, that's true. There's something wrong with those people, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it is just opinions, and you can't have a wrong opinion. Unless you don't like Star Wars. That's pretty wrong, Garrett. <laughs> I, I would, those people, yeah, There's. I don't trust anyone who tells me they don't like Star Wars. That that immediately, right off the bat, I'm like, oh, something's a little off about this particular character. And here's my true confession on this podcast. And just, oh, all right. Justin knows this. I don't know if Garrett knows. But before I uh, was married to Justin, I've only seen bits and pieces of Star Wars and never actually watched a full movie. But my family, we didn't really watch movies. And my mom was not interested unless it was X-Files or Rescue 911 (laughs) or one of those lame shows that came on TV. We just didn't watch anything. I was outside all the time. But whenever I actually watched one, I was like, I get it. That's pretty cool. You were open to the idea, though. You weren't a person who was like, that's nerdy and I'm not interested. No, no, no. I know a couple people like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and just, then they watched it, and they liked it. Yeah, can change their opinion. Mm-hmm. That's what Star Wars does. So I guess just to kind of put a button on this, what what I think we're going to continue to see is as Disney continue, continues to expand and develop new attractions and rides, I mean, I think a lot of it is going to be driven by what's successful in the box office. I think a lot of it, and you know, as soon as they have the ability to build and develop lands around Marvel, like on the East Coast, which, I mean, I know that's years from now because of the Universal deal, but we're going to get that, too. That's happening at Disneyland um, in California. Um, yeah. Not necessarily c- because they can't do it here, but we are, we're going to see Guardians of the Galaxy in Epcot. We're the gonna- only thing that I fear with all of the changes is getting rid of some of the classics, you know? Yeah. Like, some, some things I know... <laughs> Like, I think the Hall of Presidents is so boring, but I like it, too, because I'm like, this is a classic. It shouldn't go anywhere. I'm not going, like, running through the park going, hurry, let's get to the Hall of Presidents. Well, you got to rope drop Hall of Presidents, no doubt. Yeah. You have to. You have to ride it. It's fun <laughs> to see all the different presidents, all the white no, it's, dudes it's and a good, black guy. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good midday break uh, to get in there, escape the heat, but it's not just that. I mean, it's, it's really cool. I know that I can remember going to Hall of Presidents when I was a little tyke, a wee tyke. And I sit there and, and watch all those presidents on stage standing up, looking around, you know, all the all the animatronics kind of interacting with each other. And I'm going, all right, some of these have to be real people, right? Like, there's no way these are all just robots because they're pretty convincing from a yeah, distance. Yeah, I mean, good. it's a cool experience. And, and sure, it's not a thrill ride. It's not. But not everything has to be. You know? No, no, they definitely don't need to do that. But... Speaking of thrill rides, never get rid of the Tower of Terror, ever. And it should always be Twilight Zone themed. <laughs> Animatronics like that in the Hall of Presidents are the kind that you 
hide in an office and check cameras about. <laughs> what are you referencing there, Garrett? I feel like you're speaking about another thing that you're a fan of. Uh, Super Mario Bros. Oh, okay. That's what I thought it was. I don't know. I, I, I think we're probably going to continue to see this. And, and, you know, I guess what I, would, what I would love to see is thrown in amongst all the new developments we get some new unique ideas that aren't necessarily tied to movies that we've seen or, yeah. or things like that. Yeah. Like Imagineers, you know we trust you. I'm speaking to you right now. You, we know you do it right. We trust you to develop stories and ideas and characters. It doesn't have to be tied to the latest blockbuster film. Oh, absolutely mm-hmm. not. Yeah. Yeah. So. But, you know, as long as you pick the good ones, we're more okay with it. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, speaking of changes, this is something I wanted to talk to. Uh, and just kind of get some opinion, opinions. Opinions? Yeah. We got those? <laughs> yeah. Last week we were talking about newts, and this week we're going to have opinions. Uh, <laughs> hashtag refurbishment skeletons. <laughs> this is a change to the Magic Kingdom Park, and it's something that, before it ever happened, I think people knew this was coming. It, the writing was on the wall, but there was it was a pretty hotly debated topic before it ever happened. So now that it is happening, I'd really like to get the opinions of those sitting around the table here, and even you out there listening around the virtual table with us in the podcast land. Alcohol is now available at all Magic Kingdom table service restaurants. So everyone should know my opinion on this. Yeah, so, um, it, you know, it's, it started with Be Our Guest. It was the first restaurant at the Magic Kingdom to offer any kind of alcohol, but now they're rolling it out across the park. Well, this is a, a huge change because one of the things that just... We, we talk all the time about Walt Disney's influence and his thumbprint on the parks. Magic Kingdom was supposed to be a place just for families. He didn't want alcohol in the parks. And, and so Disneyland and Magic Kingdom, they never had alcohol, you know, in the past. And, and now this is changing. So I think we all know why Disney would do it. Yeah. There's a big dollar sign around that. I mean, yeah. And, and adults, like, we want to be able to take a moment, have a drink, by the way, the Magic Kingdom is huge, and my feet hurt, and I wouldn't mind having a glass of wine while my feet are propped up somewhere. <laughs> and by the way, if Tennessee can actually sell alcohol on Sundays, then Magic Kingdom can sell alcohol. <laughs> but do you think there's... Should people feel concerned that all of a sudden the atmosphere inside Magic Kingdom could potentially change? Remember how it was when we were at Food and Wine at Epcot, and it was getting That's later into different. the evening, and it was people were kind of getting rowdy out there yeah i remember but i think there's a difference so epcot you know we were there for a specific event when we went to hollywood studios we were there pretty late and i didn't feel like people were getting rambunctious like they were at epcot i think that it's the atmosphere that the place like give gives you like it's that feeling and everyone was there at Epcot trying to hurry and get the next drink in the next country, yeah, you know, that evening. So. I guess that's fair because you, people are there for that event knowing they're going to drink. You're saying people wouldn't necessarily go to Magic Kingdom and say, I'm spending the day drinking. Right. That's not... Yeah, I guess that's I, that was That was my plan for Epcot, <laughs> but not for the Magic Kingdom or the Hollywood Studios or anywhere else. And the only reason why... Like I was drinking at Epcot is because it was the food and wine festival, you know, but I don't think, I don't remember if I had a drink at another park, it would have been like maybe one because I wasn't there for that. Yeah. So Garrett, what do you think about this? So what's the opinion of a tween on this one? I'll I'll have one alcohol, please. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't what I was asking you. Do, do you think it'll be a big deal to see parents drinking in the park? Uh, I don't really think it'll be a big deal. Uh, I I feel like if someone gets drunk and starts doing stuff, uh, security will get them. Yeah, that's They'll true. shut it down quick. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, so, I don't know. It'll just kind of be interesting to see. And, and it's already happening. So, I guess, you know, we're in the test phase. <laughs> And they could easily change it back if it became an issue, although I don't think they will because, like I said... It's a cash cow. It is. it is. They're going to make a lot of money from this. Yeah. So. I mean, let's just face it. People like to have a drink every once one, in a while. One thing I would say, though, as long... I think I would draw a line at... I don't want to see, like, 
beer carts. No, no. In Magic Kingdom. I don't think, I honestly don't even think that they should allow people walking around yeah, with drinks. Yeah, they in shouldn't their have hand. them at counter service. Yeah. Like it needs a, to no be, alcohol at counter service. It needs to be, you're in a restaurant, you can have a drink. All right, I'm going to go ahead and jump to the last thing here. And I'm going to put this firmly in the category of rumor because I could not verify it across multiple websites at this point. But it's a follow-up to the space theme restaurant that we were discussing last week. And this was some news from WD, it was like WDW News Today, yes. WDWNT.com. And they claim to have some new details around the Epcot Space Restaurant. And there's just a couple things that I wanted to hit on here because if they're true, I want to give a standing ovation for, for this right. Re- and by the way, this so far, not inspired by any particular IP. This is a totally new thing for Epcot. That's but, awesome. Yeah. And do they have tang marinated no, we don't, pork? We do, this isn't about the food. <laughs> I'm we just don't kidding. know yet. Um, so, for those of you who remember old Epcot and going to the Living Seas, after you watched the video that explained like the formation of the Earth, and you got to see like the cooling lava, and then the deluge, and all the rains and everything, and then life being formed, all that kind of stuff. You got to go to Sea Base Alpha, but to get to Sea Base Alpha, you had to step in hydrolators. I did that in air quotes. You couldn't see. You, <laughs> you stepped into these little closets that made you believe that you were going down into the ground underwater. A it would closet? Sh- they were. I'm saying closets because they, they had. They were like elevators. They had doors on the front and back. Okay. You stepped in, and it was like you were in an elevator. But by it's, yourself? No, 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 with a group of people. Okay, I was starting to say Disney's bringing out some fear. So you step in there with a group of people. It, it shakes you around. You know, the lights might flicker a little bit. There's windows on the side where you could see water going up the walls, so it looks like you're going underwater. And as a kid, I'll be—I'll admit this, and I'm not the only one. I know you all are out there. I truly believed we were going underwater. That's cool. I—I I thought it was real. It almost shattered my whole like perception of reality when I found out that the hydrolators didn't actually move. <laughs> so you step out and then you're in sea base alpha and then you get to walk around and look at the, um, the fishies. Well, come to find out that apparently, uh, in the space theme restaurant, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to enter through a venue on the far right side of mission space, which is where the paper fast pass distribution used to be. And then you're going to be in a departure lobby where you check in. Then you board one of two transportation chambers that take you into space. That's cool. So this is exactly what I wanted. Because here's the thing. I want to believe that I'm actually going in space to eat eat in this restaurant. And so anything you can do to like help me suspend that disbelief and, and get that experience, I'm pretty excited about. If this is true, this is like some of the best news I've heard out of Disney in a long time. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I mean, it'll be really neat, too, because there was a picture, and it showed um, where there were people dining, and you can look out in, at these windows, and there's, like, a uh, yeah. space astronaut. Surrounded by space astronauts on spacewalks. Yeah, that's cool. It'd be cool if there were, like, airlocks, too. Well, I, these will essentially kind of be like airlocks, I would guess. So that's pretty neat. And then once you, once you actually get off the uh, transportation chamber, you're going to walk through a... Uh, a space cellar. It's just a long hallway. They said that they assume it's going to be full of wine that the restaurant will offer. And then out into a two-level dining area that's tiered like the Coral Reef restaurant. But in this case, of course, you're looking out into space. And apparently the restaurant is expected to have 400 seats, but the bar is only going to be 12 seats. So I guess they're not so worried about people drinking there. Um, I don't know. I Again, I'm really excited about I'm a big space nerd. If I haven't said this on this podcast yet, just so you all know, I am a two-time Space Camp alum. Oh, my gosh. I was one of those little kids who, when I grew up, I wanted to be an astronaut. I wanted to go to space. I wanted to walk on the moon. I wanted to go to the space station. Um, Eventually, that changed to wanting to work at a McDonald's. (laughs) And then I became an accountant. So you I don't think you ever wanted to do accounting. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to be a McDonald's working astronaut. And and that somehow works out to be an accountant. One of my friends wanted to be a ninja space baseball player and <laughs> basketball player. So, ah, that's a pretty good aspiration. Yeah. Well, McKenna, when she was little, said she wanted to be a clown, and now she's afraid of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So you never know where you'll you'll end up at the end of the day. But um, but anyway, 
this is still, you know, none of this is confirmed right now because I couldn't find another source to verify all this information. I just think I wanted to share just because it was exciting for me. I was reading this at work, which was a dangerous thing for me to be doing because I almost like stood up at my desk and I was like, yes. <laughs> and I really hey, just everyone, hope it's true. listen to what I just read. Yeah, of course, they wouldn't care. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, uh, Very cool. That's neat. Garrett, what do you hope that they have? At the to space make it restaurant. feel more spacey at the space restaurant. What do you hope? Well, it'd be cool if there were like planets and stars outside, but it'd also be cool with astronaut ice cream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's a big thing that everybody's hoping for, but I don't like astronaut ice cream. I Sorry. do. I, I keep thinking they could take it and maybe like crumble it up and put it on top of some other dessert or something. Like I a don't chocolate know. chip cookie. They could put it mm-hmm. in a shake. Put it in a shake? Like on top. Yeah, of the cream, that'd be good. The yeah, cream have the little crunchies on there or something. Yeah, hmm, interesting. So cool. All right. Thanks, Kanye. Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> Let's close up the old newswire for the day. I think this would be a good time to go ahead and take a break, and that means we are headed for M three four D. I hope you'll stay with us. Welcome back to the Monday Morning Monorail. This is Disney Deep Dive with the Dawes. Once again, we don't have the Dawes, but what, <laughs> I, but what I do have <laughs> are, are my family members. Garrett's still with me. Sam's still with me. I'm still here. I'm, McKenna's still not with us. McKenna's still not with us. And I'm pretty sure Garrett and I are way cooler than the Dawes. Did you hear that, Landon? <laughs> yeah, that's right. The gauntlet's been thrown. You've, you're being replaced unless you get your act together, buddy. <laughs> the gauntlet's um, been filled. But we've had... <laughs> We've had some uh, ch- scheduling challenges. It's, it's you know these kinds of things happen when you're somebody as famous as Landon. So yeah, yeah, I can't blame him. I bet you're all wondering what we're going to dig into today. I'm so excited. <laughs> well, the topic of discussion for the deep dive today is Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room. Ooh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Isn't that the one with the birds? That's the one with the birds. I love birds. <laughs> <laughs> so this is perfect for you then. Um, of course, I've got some facts and things like this. Feel free to, you know, chip in your stories of your memories of the Tiki Room as we go. Um, so the Enchanted Tiki Room actually debuted in 1963 at Disneyland. So this, again, was one of the day one attractions for the Walt Disney World Magic Kingdom oh, cool. when it opened. Um, it, it is kind of a, you know, they still call it Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room because this is a, this is truly a Walt attraction. He was very involved in the development of this. In fact, it was, you know, on one of his global travel escapades that he came across the very first little robotic bird that he had ever seen. And it inspired him because one of the things Walt Disney always wanted to do was find new ways to bring animation to the world. And change the experience that people had when they were watching a show or, or seeing entertainment. So he saw this, he brought it back, had this idea, and he started working with his Imagineers uh, to develop a plan on how they could implement it in the parks. Um, it may surprise some people to know that the Enchanted Tiki Room originally was supposed to, A, potentially have real birds, but B, it was supposed to be like a little tea shop. So coffee and tea and uh, finger foods. That doesn't sound I like a tea room. It did have real birds in it. I know they convince you that they're real. They seem real, don't they? Yeah. 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 Though they're, I'm. So I'm glad Should they didn't go with the tea thing because I think that wouldn't make any sense. But I think it'd be cool if you could rent it out for a luau with like a like a group, like if you had work people. Um, who could afford to rent out a place like that in Disney, then you could do it for your company and have a big luau and all those birds dancing and singing and stuff. That'd yeah. be kind of fun. Think they should have real birds in there too because then uh, if mommy's idea was real, you could like hang out with the birds and 
you could have like a person in there that will help you like hold the birds and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So there's one problem with real birds, and this is what came up in the discussion uh, with Walt Disney when John Hinch. Hold on. Let Garrett Hold on. guess. Hold on. Let what me just set it up. It? Let me set it up, okay. and, then, and then I'll let Garrett I guess. Think, so Disney okay. let this was an idea brought to Walt by Disney legend John Hinch. And he was asked to consider what it might look like. So he brought his concept art and his ideas to a meeting with Walt and Raleigh Crump. He showed renderings of real-life birds in cages above the restaurant diners. What do you think the issue could be there? I have two. And I'm going to say the one that I thought before and the one that I think now. Okay. The one that I thought before was that the birds would, like, attack the animatronics and pull them apart because... Birds do that in mating season. If they see anything that looks like a bird, they will attack it, even mirrors. Okay. But I think what the problem is, is bird poop. Exactly. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine sitting while you had like your little tea and sandwich and this bird was pooping on your hair or your food? I would cry. <laughs> well, especially considering what you pay for food at Disney and then just have a bird poop on it. Yeah. Here's your $18 sandwich <laughs> with a dollop of poo. <laughs> it's got some mayonnaise on it. Oh, <laughs> gross. That's so, gross. So there were some biological issues that would have been presented. So they decided, you know, maybe real birds aren't a great idea, and maybe we need to explore the idea of, of bringing in these just, just animatronic birds that are synced to audio and move with the music and actually, you know, are part of the show. They sing the song to you. Um, but at the time, they were still going to consider it to be a restaurant. Then, as they were discussing it, they really started thinking, well, the problem with that is that we want as many people to experience this as possible. So if people are coming in, they're, you know, maybe they really enjoy the tiki atmosphere, they enjoy the show that's going on, and they hang out for a while. They might stay a lot longer than what we intend it to. Yeah. So if we can control it, make it a show where people come in, give it a little bit limited amount of time, and then move them on, and then we're getting a lot more people in, the, in butts in the seats. I think that was smart. And, I mean, I know, have you, I, I don't remember if we've taken you, Garrett, but they have the Rainforest Cafe. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, I you know. Been. Yeah, well, they're kind of dying out a little bit at this point. But they have all the animatronics and you're eating your food and the lightning will happen. And it kind of feels like they may have copied the yeah, tiki room maybe a little. Yeah, copy idea. But, like I said, like, um, I don't think that it's as popular anymore, the Rainforest Cafe, as it used to be. The one that I used to go to was in Washington, D.C. area, and it's closed now. They so. still have one in the Animal Kingdom, and it's pretty popular. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know they had one in the Animal Kingdom. Mm-hmm. I didn't either. Well, next time. <laughs> no, we're... We're not going there. We're going to go to like Nomad Lounge and Yak and Yeti and all that stuff. Okay, yeah, that's better. Where was Nashville with that giant mall that had one in it? That was the Opry Mills mm-hmm. in yeah, Nashville. That was that Rainforest Cafe was huge and it had like mushrooms outside. Yes. That was cool. Yeah. yeah. So another fun fact about the Tiki Room is this is really the first use of audio animatronics in the Disney parks. And this was the first time they played with that technology and really developed it. And it really paved the way for the interactions we have today, like Small World, Pirates, Haunted Mansion. Anything where you see Hall of Presidents. Yeah. Pirates great moments really with Mr. Lincoln. Pirates is really good. Yeah. This, this was really their first uh, attempt at making this work. And, you know, the amazing thing is those audio animatronics still hold up today. I mean, they look like real birds. Yeah. Yes, they do. That's really cool. They fooled me. <laughs> It's really neat that they're the first ones. I mean, it makes sense. Why not start with something small and see how well you do, and, and you can perfect it over time. That's right. So so the show's changed throughout the years. Uh, the current representation in the Magic Kingdom Park is really a... It's a shortened version of the original Disneyland presentation. Um, so it's really kind of maintaining the intent and the feel that, that was intended in the original show. Of course, it's got new audio. It's been remastered, and some things have been tweaked. And like I said, it's been shortened a bit. Yeah. All in the idea of getting more people in and out. Yeah. And plus, the attention span of the modern American these days is not quite what it used to be. Uh, unfortunately. So that drives a lot of the decisions about how long these shows should be. Um, so, you know, and then there was kind of a controversial bit in the middle where they did a complete refurbishment to the Enchanted Tiki Room, and un- all of a sudden, it was under new management. Back in 1998, 
the show was taken over by Iago, Iago and Zazu. Yeah, yeah. And the show changed a lot. I actually uh, got to see one of those shows. So Iago um, was kind of doing his rude, hateful bird thing like he does in Aladdin. And Azazu was, you know, Being smart. Stuffy yeah, as he stuffy. was in jung- uh, not Jungle Book, yeah, The Lion he would, King. He would try to get everything to calm down. Um, like, they used to... Um, Iago, like, he at one point he started, like, arguing and, like, saying mean things about the gods and stuff. And all the birds were getting really, really loud. And then lightning started crashing. And there was a, a tiki god yeah, face. Yeah, evil, an evil god. Yeah. yeah, there. And it, like, moved and was, like, you know, like, getting mad. And um, I remember McKenna being a little scared during that. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it was pretty exciting. And then it would calm down and the birds would calm down and... Um, and it would be back to normal and then it would end. And it was cute. I mean, I thought it was cute, but that's the you first time I ever You didn't see the original went. show. Yeah, that was the first time you'd... Ex- we talked about this with the Up Bird Experience, the new Up Bird show at Animal Kingdom. Like, if you never saw the original, what difference would... You wouldn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, I had no idea but what But it was certainly... It it's certainly one of those things that was very controversial for, like, classic traditional Disney fans when, when they changed it like they did because... They felt like, you know, they incorporated all these new songs that were either from a Disney movie or maybe they were pop culture kind of songs. Yeah. Um, like they played Hot, Hot, Hot. Yeah, right? I remember that. Um, and that sort of thing. And, and then Get On Your Feet, the Gloria Estefan song yeah. when they were wanting people to get out at the end. Yeah. So, um, and it, it, was, it was a very different kind of a, a show. And so it was kind of, I don't know. A little interesting. Uh, Twelve years later, in in July, or I don't know if it was July. I don't have the exact. It was in Jane. It was. <laughs> I keep wanting to Come say on, a month, hun. and I don't even know the month. I'm trying to say in 2011. Yeah. There was a small fire, a terrible tragedy where Iago was burned. Do you think someone did it on purpose? I I can't speculate whether this was an assassination attempt. Oh no. <laughs> But they were like, I'm tired of that bird speaking trash about my God. <laughs> right. So he finally got what was coming to him. And then, of course, that forced the Tiki Room to close down for refurbishment. And when it reopened, it was back to the classic show. Yeah. And we actually saw the classic show and it was really good. Mm-hmm. It was. The classic show, of course, is hosted by four macaws. And um, they all come from a different country of origin. Um, Jose who is red, white, and green. Where's he from? He speaks with a Mexican accent. Yeah. <laughs> and he I is, wonder where those colors came from. <laughs> he, he's voiced by Wally Bog. Then there's Michael, who's white and green, with an Irish brogue voice cool. uh, by Fulton Burley. And then there's Pierre, blue, white, and red. He's got a French accent, voiced by Ernie Newton. And then there's Fritz, who has a German accent, and he's red, black, and white. They could not have and picked more stereotypical well, names. And that one that one is um, voiced by the famous Thurl Ravenscroft, who we've talked about on this show as being the voice of the Haunted Mansion. That's cool. The, uh, yeah. the Irish bird should have been Jacksepticeye. <laughs> Jacksepticeye. Dork. don't think he was born back then. <laughs> no, he probably was. Well, I don't In know 63? his age. I don't no. think he's that old. No. no. Um, so anyway, yeah, they, they do have kind of stereotypical hosts. It's been an issue of debate. You know, as you can imagine. I mean, not everyone is named Pierre in France. But but most are. Yes. (laughs) I've been led to believe that most people in France are named Pierre. That is a very French name. (laughs) I did meet a guy named Jean-Pierre, so that seems pretty popular. Yeah. It's kind of like Justin in America. Maybe nowadays. My parents tell me when they named me, they didn't know any Justins, and it was an uncommon name, and now everywhere I go... Everybody I meet is Justin. Yeah. There are like four Justins in my school. Yeah, it's very In my grade. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's just talk about how ununique I am. Remember that thing (laughs) I said earlier about like kids bringing you down and humbling you? I don't think I helped him either. Hey, there's a Garrett in eighth grade, so. Yeah. Spelled differently, but. No, no, it's spelled the same, actually. Okay. Which is rare. So maybe you're not so unique, okay? Yeah. Take that. (laughs) Back at (laughs) you. Maybe he's not so unique. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so those were the main points and facts that I wrote down about the Tiki Room. Is Was there anything, Garrett, that maybe you wanted to, to share about your experience there watching the be, show? Uh, 
they need budgies in the tiki room. What are budgies? Parakeets. Oh, it's a kind of bird. Garrett is a bird expert. Yeah, they, they need thousands of budgies. Even if they're just animatronics, budgies are the best birds. Okay. Best bird. Well, cockatoos are pretty good. Here's a question <laughs> I have for you, Garrett. Is this a show that you feel like appeals to kids, or are you more interested in getting onto something else? Like, are you wanting to take time out of your day in Magic Kingdom to go sit down and watch the Tiki Room? Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. I like birds. It's, it's similar to me to going and spending time at the Country Bear Jamboree. Oh, I don't agree. I really like the birds. I like I really the birds. I like the Country Bear Jamboree, too, though. <laughs> they do sing Rocky Top. Uh, yes. <laughs> I need... And, and they also make us feel like we're rednecks. I need more birds in my life. Okay, well, you might not be a opinion of most um, tweens because you are, you're uh, maybe uh, biased because of the birds. Yeah. Well, my... My friend group at school, uh, most of them like birds a lot, too. So. Okay. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap up M34D today. Um, next week, I'm going to give it a little tease. First of all, maybe Landon comes back. So come back for that. And I think we're going to be talking Jungle Cruise. Ooh. Yeah. So, that's um, fun. Yep. Getting into some more of the original rides. We're going to get through them all. So, all right. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Monday Morning Monorail. This is the final segment of the May 21st show, and this is the part of the show where we open it up and interact with our Disney family. Um, again, I want to say thank you to all of those who have already reached out, connected, um, started interacting with us out on Twitter. And our Twitter account, if you would like to do that, is at Morning Monorail. You know, you can follow us there. We tweet kind of throughout the day. If you ever have any suggestions for topics, if you have some thoughts, if you have questions, it doesn't have to be travel related, just questions in general. And I told you, I like to do research. I don't claim to be a Disney expert. None of us here do, but I do like to dig into, you know, doing the research, looking through articles, all the all the resources that are out there, and I'll come up with something for you. And, and by the way, I do know a few things. There are some things I do know. And I actually uh, tweeted this week. You did. <laughs> you did. That was awesome. I don't know if it was appropriate, though. Whenever I read it later, I was like, the yacht resort caught fire. And I was like, oh, no. Still wish I was there. <laughs> well, everybody was okay. Again, it could have yes, been worse. It could have been worse. But I did. It, I did it got interact. struck by lightning. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Someone lightning. must have, like, challenged Thor to a duel or something. Mm. Thanks, Garrett. Sound effects. <laughs> so far... We're, you know, we're still collecting questions. Um, don't forget, you can call our voicemail. You can also email us, mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. The voicemail is 407-917-2144. So call us, interact with us. That's We want this part of the show to really be uh, um, an open conversation with those of you who are part of our community. Yeah, I'd love to talk to somebody. That'd yeah. be great. And if you, like I said, if you want to come on, let us know. If you want to give us a trip report, especially if you go to Star Wars Galactic Nights, or if you if you want to come on and talk Pandora, because we haven't been able to do that yet, you could do that. Yep. Um, so anyway, we don't have we don't have a ton of that stuff yet, so we're still kind of building it up. But here's what we're going to do today. This past weekend was a big event in the world. I don't know if you knew, but it was twinding on twinding on Twitter. Yeah, I told you I can't still speak can't talk. all day. Twinding on Twitter all day Saturday, and that was of course. The dun, royal wedding. Dun, da, da, <laughs> da, 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 da. And everybody's, you know, really excited. I, I seems like everybody's really excited about this, really into it, watching it all day, sitting in front of their TVs like it's the OJ chase again. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's I, a big deal. I personally don't. I'm not that into it. I, I don't mean, really care that much about like what goes UK on with stuff. the royals. Yeah, Garrett's a what do they call it? An Anglophile. I I don't know if I care that much, but I think it's kind of fun and. Pretty interesting, in it? And that Meghan Markle, you know, she's an American. That's kind of cool. And um, she's really pretty. And uh, I like her acting, which she probably won't be able to do anymore. I don't know. Changing it up. Putting a little America back into Britain, I guess. Well, I mean, just because you become royal doesn't mean you can't act. I mean, 
you know, pretty soon in Knox County, we might have a professional wrestler as a mayor, and I think he's probably uh, still going to wrestle. So, yeah, that's just let's not talk about that. Kane. Yes. Well, anyway, what I wanted to say is, it's you know, people are treating this like it's like the biggest wedding that's ever happened, but I, I want to say not so fast, my friends. Yeah, seriously, let's hold up a minute because there was a wedding many, many years ago that maybe a lot of you have forgotten about. It occurred. Back in 1936, I want you to think back to 1936, and how have how is it that you've forgotten this? That was when Mickey and Minnie officially got married. They definitely looked creepy back then, though. <laughs> yeah, so there's this there's a BuzzFeed article out there if you'd like to look it up. It's from June uh, 20th of 2013, posted by Leonora Epstein. She's got she's got a newspaper article as part of the you know part of the article. And it's a picture from the paper from 1936. And my goodness, these were some terrifying Mickey and Minnie's. I mean, this is the stuff of nightmares. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Do you remember, like, sometimes you'll see pictures from whenever uh, people used to go trick-or-treating a long time ago um, for Halloween. And they would put, like, a potato sack over their head and cut out holes and paint their mouths on there. That was so scary. This is what that is. It does kind of look like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, if they've been married since then, then why are there so many cartoons about them still where they're not married? Exactly. That's a good question. You know, and a lot of people out there have been like, when is Mickey going to make an honest woman of Minnie? When's that going to happen? They just seem like to be perpetually dating. But little yeah. did you know, they've been married for like 80 years now. Yeah. Yeah, but they do comment on the fact that sometimes he does uh, say that, you know, that's his gal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, without, oh boy. yeah, I can't do any voices, but um, oh but yeah, they they make comments about that. What you're talking about? That's right. So you know, this was really more of kind of a publicity thing. You know, back in the '30s, uh, Mickey and Minnie were just kind of starting out, yeah, getting their names out there. But uh, I just I found it interesting. I actually didn't realize that this was the case, but. Um, but here's an interesting quote, and this is from archivist Rebecca Klein. The company's position on Mickey and Minnie as a couple is that Minnie is Mickey's leading lady and best girl, and that although as actors they occasionally appear on film as a married couple, they are not married in real life. Oh. So apparently if you want to go you know, talk to the, the nerds and the eggheads, they're going to tell you, well, you see, let me push up my glasses. Um, officially, no, they're not married. Well, you know what? In my mind, they are. Yeah, and hold on, I have, I want to tell the most important thing of all. Okay. So, the voice actor of Mickey was Wayne Allwine, and the voice actress for Minnie was Rusi Taylor, and here's a really, really cool thing, and it makes you go, oh, they're married in real life. Well, see, then that right there tells me that Mickey and Minnie are married. Yeah, I love it. I love it. That makes my heart just, oh, I want to hug them. I don't even think they would want uh, yep. me to touch them, but I want to hug them. <laughs> They're awfully cute. Yeah, cute snuggle old people. Mm -hmm. I just feel like the spirit then is that if the, if the voice actors behind the characters are married, then, you know, I, I definitely think that they're married for sure. Yeah, me too. So, even though in Mickey's two-town fair, they had separate houses. I don't care. Maybe they just, that's how they live their life. Um, Minnie needs her space, because look at all that pink stuff. It was amazing. And mm. her pots and pans are moving around like crazy. She just needed a little space, that's all. How do you feel about this, Garrett? Any thoughts? Uh, yep. Do you, did, so you're, you've kind of felt like what I was saying, though, like watching the cartoons and, and just the way that Disney portrays it, that they're, they're dating. Yeah. More than anything. Yeah. Because the, the newer cartoons of Mickey, uh, a lot of them are about them going on dates. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And Mickey trying to impress Minnie. Maybe it's time for a real royal wedding. I wonder if the... Re Why would you think they don't do that? Is it because they still get... Like, it gives Minnie her individuality? Is it? Is that why? Yeah, maybe. But, I mean, just because you get married doesn't mean you're not an individual. I know, but I guess... I don't know. Maybe it would make people feel less 
um, connected to the character. I don't know. I'm just trying Maybe to figure out why. Maybe she wants to keep her options open. You never know. She might think Goofy's a little attractive. <laughs> She's like, I can't commit because Goofy over there shakes his skinny little booty sometimes. <laughs> and Goofy's then... an eligible bachelor. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's gross. Donald Duck isn't lovable. Wait, did Goofy so ever get married? I mean, he has nephews. He, we know he has nephews, but... Wait, I thought that was his son in that one movie where they do the the dance a with... A movie? Yeah, or something. Movie. That's not his son, I don't think. Are you That's sure? his nephew, I think. I thought that was his son because he gets mad at him at one point and, like, runs off because he said that he w- Goofy was embarrassing to him. And I'm... Pretty sure he called him dad several I might, times. I might be getting DuckTales <clears throat> and uh, and that confused because uh, they call Donald Uncle Donald, so I might be yeah. things confused. That's okay. I'm I'm pretty sure that was Goofy's son, but I don't remember if they ever addressed who Goofy's wife was. Okay, so here is some information from the Goofy Wikipedia entry. In the comics and his pre-1992 animated appearances, Goofy was usually portrayed as a single and childless, as single and childless, though unlike Mickey and Donald, he didn't have a steady girlfriend. The exception were the 1950s cartoons in which Goofy played a character named George Geef, who was married and at one point became the father of a kid named George Jr. In Goof Troop, Goofy was portrayed as a single father and his son was Max. Yeah. And the character of Max made further appearances, animated appearances until 2004. I think uh, Max's mom passed away. So after 2004, Max disappeared from the animation and removed the division between the two media. media. Goofy's wife was never shown, and it doesn't say anything else about hmm. that. Gosh. <laughs> oh, you I can't do voices like I said earlier. Oh, yeah. Do the do the thing that he the sound he makes like when he falls down a well. <laughs> <laughs> that just sounded like you. <laughs> Shut up. It's like Yahoo-hoo-hoo-y. It's like that. I can't. I can't. So I, I can do so anyway. what uh, what noise Donald makes when he falls down a well. Do it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, Anyways, there are your fun facts about Mickey and Minnie and their complicated relationship. If they if they had a Facebook status, it would say it's complicated. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> and Goofy's would be like question marks because he had a kid. Now he doesn't have a kid. Yeah, that's bizarre. Twilight Zone is yeah. this part of that whole uh, parallel dimensions crashing into each other? Berenstein, oh, Berenstein yeah. Bears. It could be Mandela effect. Mandela or effect. There you go. Yeah. What? Yep. Mind blown. I remember Goofy having a wife. And the earth is flat. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I'm not that crazy. All right. Well, I think that's all we've got for today. Anything else you guys wanted to say before we wrap it up? Um, The universe is a lie, and so was Australia. Thank you, Garrett. That made no sense. Um, I have nothing else to say other than... Eat your biscuits and drink your tea and watch a royal wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And so I guess the only thing I can say after that is thanks for listening. Cheerio. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for riding with us today. We hope you enjoyed the journey and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Until then, we want to hear from you. Send us questions, comments, and suggestions on Twitter at Morning Monorail. Our email address is mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. You can also call our voicemail at 407-917-2144. As we approach the station, gather your belongings, and please watch your step as you exit. (laughs) See y'all real soon.